0: From Air Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection
1: Media's Possession. The cops were telling everybody, stay inside, stay inside. We had no idea what was going on, but we knew something bad had happened.
2: It was terrible news. A female college student had been murdered.
0: Before Michaela knew it, Chris was texting her. He had arrived at her dorm and she wasn't there. Please don't kill me, she texted back. I got sidetracked. No worries, I won't,
2: he replied. But now, one student was dead, and Michaela's boyfriend was a person of interest.
1: Sounded like an old man with a gravelly voice had gotten into the dorms. Hmm.
3: they call me Mr. Bubs.
2: Who was this angry man roaming the halls? Was he somehow involved in the murder?
0: The officers had a million questions themselves. Like, who was the girl lying on the floor? Michaela. The girl they'd been sent to check on had short, dark hair. They knew this from photos around the room. The girl on the floor had long dreadlocks. Was she Michaela's roommate? It was hard to know since her face was bloody and unrecognizable.
2: A killer was roaming a campus full of students. Meanwhile, Michaela and her boyfriend were both missing. And then... Uh, you see that? What? Scrawled on the wall
0: behind the bed. In giant, maybe bloody letters were the words.
1: Remember me. No one knew what the heck was going on. We were all scared. Really, really scared.
2: It was a mystery spawned from a terrible truth buried deep in one student's past. Hi, I'm Vishesh Chatra, and this is Resurrection Media's Possession. This series is a dramatization of certain facts and events. The names have been changed, and some of the events and characters have been fictionalized, modified, or composited for dramatic purposes. And now... Here's Jafina Kay with episode two, part one of Remember Me.
0: College can be a great time of awakening for most young people, a time of discovery, a time to learn and grow. But sometimes that experience can turn deadly. That was the case for one female college student at Calvary College in Claremont, California. The authorities weren't sure who the dead student was. They were pretty certain it wasn't Michaela Hereford. The girl they'd gone to check on, the girl they'd been sent to check on, had short, dark hair. They knew this from photos around the room. The girl lying on the floor in the dorm had long dreadlocks. Was the dead student Michaela's roommate? Hard to know since her face was bloody and had been beaten unrecognizable. And then a break... Authorities made a startling discovery. There was a young man posing with Michaela in many of the photos that were placed around the room. They recognized him from a run-in they'd had with the young man on the street earlier that evening. So now we had a person of interest. The person the police wanted so desperately to talk to was none other than Michaela's boyfriend, Chris McKenzie.
4: If he was the person who did this violent act, We didn't know what else he might be capable of. Was Michaela traveling with Chris?
0: Was she a hostage? There were so many unanswered questions. Officer Fleming, tell me about your run-in with Chris earlier that
4: night. About 10 o'clock, Pete and I observed a young man walking down the street. He was carrying an open container. As he got closer to us, I could see it was one of those hard-water drinks that are so popular. So. We stopped him. I requested his ID and explained to him we had an open container policy on campus.
0: Was he angry? Did he seem agitated?
4: He seemed a little bothered, but he complied. He handed me a nearly empty can and apologized.
5: It was the girlfriend who was upset. Michaela? Really? Yes, she cursed us under her breath, but not so softly that I didn't hear her. I think she wanted us to hear her. Then she pulled him away and said, let's get away from these toy cops. We heard that part clear as day.
4: That's when I asked to see her idea as well.
5: And she refused. We didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I mean, the kid had already complied.
4: So we told them to have a nice night and sent them on their way. As they walked away, we could see they were starting to bicker.
0: Did you do anything?
4: Did you seem in danger? No. I think she was upset he complied with our request so easily.
5: Yeah, it sounded like she wanted him to be stronger with us, but that would have gotten him in real trouble. He did the right thing, so we let them get on with their night.
0: A night that ended for one female student in tragedy. Yep. Yep. It doesn't sound like this young man, Chris,
4: was a hothead. It doesn't, but we don't know what happened after they left. She could have gotten him really worked up. Worked up enough to kill someone? We had no idea how worked up he could get, and that's why we had to find him. And remember, Michaela was missing too. So what was your gut telling you about what went on in that room that night? At the time, it was hard to tell what happened because it was so violent. We envisioned several
5: scenarios. Like what? Maybe there was an altercation between roommates and Chris intervened. Maybe Michaela and Chris were on the run Maybe Chris did this and took Michaela hostage. Maybe they didn't have anything to do with it and this horrible thing had been done by a third party. So, a lot
0: of things were running through your minds that night. Yes. Yes. Lots of things were running through other people's minds as well. And someone was about to get an answer to what everyone wanted to know. And the answer would be coming directly
2: from the killer's mouth. The campus police had uncovered a grisly murder scene, and Michaela's boyfriend, Chris McKenzie, was a person of interest. But who was the student lying on the floor? And who had committed this horrific murder? Act one of our crime story with a paranormal twist coming up.
3: Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, The Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or hilarific. Tune into The Resurrection Podcast, coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Remember Me. From Air
0: Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession.
2: Hello, I'm your host, Vishesh Chatra, with our presentation of a story about a murder, a debt to be paid, and possession. Here's Jafina Kaye with episode two, act one, of Remember Me.
0: Michaela and her boyfriend, Chris, were missing. And authorities were wondering if one or both of them had something to do with the dead roommate lying on the dorm room floor. Michaela Hereford and Chris McKenzie began dating during their high school years. Chris was a star baseball player at the local high school. He was tall, handsome, and a hot major league prospect. Bridget, the college student who'd hung out with Michaela back when they were younger,
1: remembers him. Chris was a junior when we got to high school, very popular, and Michaela set her sights on snagging him right away. Even though we were lowly freshmen, she knew what she wanted. And by the time he graduated, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Sounds like a girl who gets what she wants. Yeah, that was Michaela.
0: After graduation, Chris went on to college, Stetson University, a small school in Central Florida known for turning out major league baseball players. The high school sweethearts continued their relationship long distance. Did Michaela see other guys while Chris was away at college?
1: No, he was her guy. What did she say that made you feel that way? She was always going on about how she couldn't wait to see him and that she loved him, that she missed him. She went on and on about him all the time. So he wasn't just her ticket to popularity? No, you could tell just by looking at her. She really loved him. It seems Chris felt
0: the same way about Michaela. This from college classmate, Brad Kingstrom.
4: I was his roommate at Stetson for two years. So give me a sense of Chris McKenzie. He was a great shortstop. Definitely the best on the team. He was hardworking and he was fun to be around.
0: Did he see other girls while he was at college?
4: No, not that I was aware of. Tell me, did he have a temper? No way, Chris was a sweet guy. Everyone liked him. So, did he party? No, he hardly drank. I only saw him drink a couple of times, and then it was just beer. We didn't have time for partying and stuff. The program was demanding, and we all wanted to make it to the bigs. Chris was all about baseball. Baseball and Michaela. (laughs) they would FaceTime a lot, actually.
0: It seems he was really trying to make the long-distance relationship work. He was. It appeared Chris and Michaela had the perfect long-distance relationship. Her family liked him, too. He stopped off
1: at our home before he headed up to her college that weekend.
0: We sent a care package up with him. So no reason to suspect he would do anything bad. No. He was a really sweet boy, and he was devoted to Michaela. These glowing background remarks made it even more difficult to piece together just what did happen in dorm room 209 that night. Investigators were running down every lead to find Chris and Michaela. Meanwhile, Taylor Jones, back home for the weekend, had been texting with friends on campus, trying to find Michaela herself. When she heard
6: there'd been a murder, she knew she had to go back. I went to my sister and I asked her to drive me back to school. In the middle of the night? In the middle of the night. I got here about four in the morning and went right to the dorms. And when I saw the police cars out front, I started to pray. Meanwhile, two frantic mothers
0: waited, desperate for answers. I kept thinking
6: about that phone call from Michaela's phone, and that creepy voice, she's gone.
0: I was so worried, I was sick. Little did the two mothers realize, an answer would be coming very soon. This was recorded on Chris's father's answering machine.
7: Don't hang up, don't hang up, don't hang up. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, You there, son? (sighs) Yeah, yeah, I'm here. (sighs) Hey, what's going on? Uh, I I don't don't know, Dad. I think I I did something. Okay. Dad, look, I, I think, I think Michaela's dead. Michaela is dead. Where are you? Did you kill her? I I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I don't know, Dad.
2: Coming up, a murder, a suspect. And now, was that a confession? But just who did murder Michaela? And why? More after the break.
3: Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, The Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or hilarific. Tune into The Resurrection Podcast, coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Remember Me. From Air
0: Candy Podcasts, You're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession.
2: A murder, a missing couple, writing on the wall, and then a possible confession. Here's Jafina Kay with the conclusion of Remember Me, Episode 2.
0: A cryptic call from Chris to his father in the middle of the night was about to break the mystery wide open. Hello, Mr. McKenzie. Hello. Tell me, what did you think when your son called?
7: I didn't know what to think. I mean, it was the middle of the night, and I hadn't heard from him in, like, forever. Honestly, I I wished I was dreaming. I mean, I knew something bad had happened, and my son was at the center of it. So what did you do? I asked him if he was sure that she was dead. He said she was. I was able to get his location, I, I told him to wait there, and that I was going to call the police and I'd call him right back. But n- not to move, and, and not to do anything foolish when the authorities arrived. And then he told me that he was sorry, and he hung up.
0: When you asked him if he'd killed her, he said, I don't think so. What do you think he meant by that?
7: I don't know. I, I, I thought he was confused. At, at least that's what I was hoping.
0: Meanwhile, early that Saturday morning, a homicide investigator from the Claremont Police Department also got a call. Here is Detective Dylan Jelinski.
2: I got gotten the report that one young lady had been killed out of the college, and another was missing along with her boyfriend that was the jest of what they gave me before it went out there.
0: Were you thinking that Chris had done this and taken Michaela hostage?
2: When you hear something like this, your mind goes in all sorts of directions. One thing we're trained to do is not to draw conclusions. My job right then was to get the facts and to piece it all together.
0: Did you think someone else, a third party might be involved?
2: It crossed my mind, but like I said, my job was to gather the facts and piece it together.
0: I'm sure one of your priorities was also to bring Chris in, along with Michaela.
3: Yes, for sure.
6: When I got back up to the school, there were police cars everywhere. It was crazy. Were you able to find out anything more? No, not at first. I couldn't get back in the dorm and I was texting everyone inside and found out the police were going room to room. Once they determined who the student in the room was and that they were assigned to that room and that they were safe, they released the student outside. I was standing there when the students started coming out of the building. We kind of gathered around, all trying to piece together just what had happened.
0: Was there any word about Michaela?
6: No, no one I talked to knew if she was dead or alive. That
0: had to be disturbing.
6: Yeah. It was, especially because I knew her mother was waiting for me to tell her something. I kept thinking, if this were my mom, she'd be freaking out. Meanwhile, something big was happening several
0: counties away. At about 3 a.m., a 911 emergency center
7: operator got a call from a frantic father. Yes, my name is Stuart McKenzie, and I I just got a call from my son. He says his girlfriend has been murdered. He said he didn't know who killed her, but he he sounded confused.
0: It was a stunning statement, even for a 911 dispatcher in the wee hours of the morning. But the father didn't know much beyond what he'd given them.
7: He's waiting for the police to pick him up. I I told him I'd send you guys to where he is. Don't hurt him. Please. Do you know if he's armed? I don't know, but here's his location. I told him to wait there. Please, don't kill my son.
0: The estranged father admitted he was out of the loop about family matters. He and Chris had not been close for years, but it was clear to the dispatcher he was worried for his son and doing his best to prevent another tragedy.
7: He's talking about killing himself.
3: He told you that? Yes. Okay, sir. We're going to send someone out there right away and get him some help, okay?
7: Okay. Thank you.
0: Meanwhile, Taylor was questioning everyone who came out of the building, trying
6: to get any information she could about Michaela. By now, the story had made the news, and her mom was calling me like every five minutes. What did you tell her? I told her that a female student was killed and that Michaela and Chris were missing. That was all I knew. But moments after the last call, another piece of this bizarre puzzle fell into place. This girl named Bridget, who grew up with Michaela, came out of the building. She told me that Michaela stopped by her room earlier in the evening to show off her new outfit. She was wearing the stuff she borrowed and a dreadlock wig. Bridget said Michaela started partying with them as soon as she got there and nearly forgot about Chris. That sounded weird, but I didn't say anything. I knew there was a history between them, and I got a sense it wasn't all good. You mean Michaela and Bridget? Yes. Did you think they were once close? No, but I had nothing to go on. Michaela never said anything bad about her, but whenever she was around, there was this weird energy between
0: them. So set the stage for me. You're in front of the dorm. Police cars all around, students milling about, and you were trying
6: to get information. Yes, we began exchanging all we knew about what was going on. This girl Brenda came out and told me about an angry old man roaming the halls, screaming all sorts of crazy stuff. Other students heard him too. Did she tell the police? I don't know, but that's when I remembered the strange phone call my mom intercepted earlier. The one from the man with the gravelly voice He called himself Mr. Bubbs. Yes. Did you think they were connected? I didn't know what to think, but right then Bridget stopped me. She said, did you say Mr. Bubbs? I didn't know I said the name out loud, but I said, yeah. Then she says, I remember that name. Then all of a sudden her expression changed. It got really weird. I said, what? What is it?
1: I remember Mr. Bubs from a long time ago. He was an old homeless guy in the neighborhood where we grew up. We did something bad to that old man. Something really, really bad.
6: Did she say what bad thing they'd done? No. But I could tell from the look on her face, she was surprised to hear the name Mr. Bubbs. That's when I got this feeling like an ice pick in the pit of my stomach. I started shaking uncontrollably. It was because of what she said about what Michaela was wearing when she last saw her the dreadlock wig and all. I knew for sure that that girl lying on the floor was Michaela. Michaela was dead.
3: Call me Mr. Bubbs. I'm here. (laughs) Remember me?
2: A dead college student, her boyfriend waiting out by the freeway for authorities to pick him up, and an old man from the distant past roaming the dormitory halls. How could this all be related? And just who is Mr. Bubbs? You'll hear more of our paranormal mystery on the next Possession.
3: Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, The Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or hilarific. Tune into The Resurrection Podcast, coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And now back to Remember Me. You've been listening to Resurrection Media's Possession, a production of Air Candy Podcasts and Resurrection Media. Possession stars me, Vishesh Chatra, and Jafina K. It's produced by Bruce Jones, Eric Van Lowe, and S.K. Dane. Our series is executive produced by Tim Hightower and John Moriarty. Resurrection Media's Possession is a fiction podcast based on true events. For a complete cast list, go to resurrection-media.com.